Christmas season and we have snow. I was looking at the weather the other day and I thought, man, we're going to have another green Christmas. I woke up this morning and it was white. Hopefully it stays. I'm going to pray that it does and maybe get a little bit more. <clears throat> Take your Bibles with me, Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Christmas is the season of joy and the season of giving. And um, it's an opportunity that we have. And Joshua chapter 1 has more to do with Christmas than you think. So let's have a look at it. While you're turning there, have you ever just had a hard day one at all? Anybody ever had a hard day? Am I the only person that's ever had a hard day? <clears throat> For whatever reason, whatever went on that day, just, just a rough day. And you just really needed to unwind. You just need to sit down, relax, you know, just pick up a book or something. I don't know. Uh, maybe have a plate of uh, comfort food with you and just, uh, for me, it's soup. My wife brought home some soup the other night from the ladies' uh, tea. I didn't get any cookies, by the way. Not one cookie did I get from the ladies' tea, but I got soup. So I was happy, and it was fun just to sit there with a bowl of soup and eat. But anyway, you're sitting there, you've had a rough day, you need to unwind, you need to kind of uh, just, just let loose a little bit, and you're just starting to get comfortable, you're feeling the stress leave your body, and then your three children walk in, and they go, Dad, he hit me, or she did this, no I didn't, I didn't do that, no, yes you did, you hit me first, no, you started it. Anybody getting tense just hearing that? Drives me nuts. It happens. And the third one, the little one, she's just crawling all over you asking for daddy. And that's all you can do to think about how much peace you want, but yet you don't have. And the kids are complaining. You have a few choices here. You can either yell at them and tell them to get lost. You can pick up your comfort food or whatever you're doing, walk away and tell your wife on the way upstairs, you deal with it. I don't recommend either one of those two. <clears throat> or your third option is this. You can take the time to teach them how to have peace. Right? You teach your son and your daughter, hey, we don't hit each other. We don't argue. We don't fight. We, we try to make up. Give each other a hug. Tell each other that you love each other. That you, you teach them how to have peace. If, if you will, there's no way that you can enjoy what you want. You can't enjoy your food. You won't enjoy your family. You won't enjoy anything while that's going on, while chaos is present. You can't enjoy peace. So what do you do? You can have one of those three options. You can aid them. So Write this down, think about this, and hopefully it will get your peak your interest just a little bit about what we're going to talk about today. You won't enjoy what you have until you have helped others enjoy what you have. You won't enjoy what you have until you help others enjoy what you have. So in the instance of me sitting on the couch trying to let some stress out and the kids come in and blow up everything and it's stressful and the first thing you want to do is yell at them. The second thing you really want to do is say your wife can deal with it. But the third thing which is the right thing to do and you do is you teach them how to have peace. You need to love your brother. You need to enjoy your brother. 
You need to enjoy your sister. You need to spend time with her and love her and get to know her for who she is. And that's what family is. That's, that's how family is fun. That's how family is enjoyable when you get to sit down and talk with them and, and love on them and spend time with them. Listen, you won't enjoy what you have until you help others enjoy what you have. That's pretty simple. It's pretty uh, maybe something to get you to think, but you can't enjoy those things. So with this in mind, I want you to look at Joshua chapter 1 and look at verse 10. The Bible says this, Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host and command the people, saying, Prepare you victuals, for within three days ye shall pass over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. And to the Reubenites, and to the Gadites, and to the half-tribe of Manasseh, spake Joshua, saying, Remember the word which, the, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God hath given you rest, and hath given you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side, Jordan. But ye shall pass before your brethren, armed, all the mighty men of valor, and help them. Until the Lord have given your brethren rest, as he hath given you, and they also have possessed the land which the Lord your God giveth them, then ye shall return unto the land of your possession, and enjoy it, which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on this side Jordan toward the sun rising. And they answered Joshua, saying, All that thou commandest us, we will do, and whithersoever thou sendest us, we will go according as we hearken unto Moses in all things, so will we hearken unto thee. Only the Lord thy God be with thee, as he was with Moses. Whosoever he be that doth rebel against thy commandment, and will not hearken unto thy words, in all that thou commandest him, he shall be put to death. Only be strong and of a good courage. I want to preach to you a message that I've entitled, The Joy of Helping. The Joy of Helping. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity that we have. Father, you've given us so much. We have so much to be thankful for. Father, you've often given us some of those things so that we might be a help to somebody. And I pray that you would help us to see this morning how that we might help those around us, how that we might give in this season of giving, and that we might have the joy that you have in us. And Father, I pray that you would just continue to help us in all things. Help us keep our eyes on you during this time. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. We love you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, if you have any biblical knowledge of what's going on here, Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh are, are camping on the east side of Jordan. They plan on staying there. They plan on building their land there. And the Bible says here that the Lord has given that for them for a possession. So they're planning on staying here. But Joshua again reminds them, hey, you need to go back to the time. Remember when you talked to Moses about this? Remember when you uh, wanted this all to happen? You need to remember that God told you that you need to help your Jewish brothers conquer their land. You promised that you would. This was a commitment they had made. And now it was time for them to move forward with that commitment. It was time for them to do something about it. The children of Israel, the other nine and a half tribes, needed help. There are people in our lives every day that need help. You can look around this auditorium and see somebody probably sitting next to you that can use some help in some way. 
Our city is full of people that need help. Our country is full of people that need help. Everywhere you look, there are people that need help. It's not hard to look beyond yourself and see that. So again, let's look at this situation. There's two and a half tribes already in their possession. They already have the inheritance of the land that God had promised them. They are living in it currently. The whole group of people, all of Israel, is living in this land. They're there. The Bible says that God had given them rest. If you look in verse 13, the Lord your God hath given you rest and hath given you this land. They, they had rest now. Listen, they've already built houses They've already built fences. They've already established themselves. They built cities all around. Listen, this was their home. This is where they were staying. They were getting comfortable, if you will. They were beginning to make preparations even. And now they had to go and leave all of this to help someone else. They had already fought for their land. They had already conquered some very prominent kings. But nonetheless... They have conquered this part of the land, and now they need to help somebody else conquer. Here's the point of the whole message today. Some of you have already been through some things in your lives. The whole series that we've been talking about this entire year has been conquering through Christ. Some of you have a testimony of, yes, I have seen God do amazing things in my life. I have seen God conquer some things in my life. I have come through some things. I have been through some hard times, and God has brought me through them, and I'm a better person today because of what God has brought me through. There are people in this room today that can attest to that. You've had to fight some things. You've had to war against some things, but you know what? God has given you rest, and you know it. You're comfortable with that. You're, you're, you're glad about that. But I believe you cannot enjoy that rest when you see someone right next to you that is going through something that you have gone through, and you refuse to help them. There are people in this room today that are going through the same thing that you went through. There are people going through the same thing to, in this room today that you have gone through maybe 20 years ago. And you watch them and you sit there and you say things like, eh, it's not my problem. I believe you can't fully enjoy what God has given you, what your, that rest that God has given you. When you're watching somebody go through the exact same thing and you know about it, and you just let them go through it by themselves. Listen, the children, the two and a half tribes... Children of Reuben and, and Gad and the half-tribe of Nasa. Listen, they very easily could have just said, we're good. We got this. You guys go take care of your part. We already took care of ours. Been pretty selfish, wouldn't it? But nonetheless, this is what's going on. I want you to look this morning at why you might not want to help. I want to give you two things, hindrances, if you will. Why they would not want to help their brothers, why maybe you would not want to help somebody else. Number one, I want you to see vulnerability. Vulnerability. If you look, there would be no one, every person that was able to go to war was to go to war. So do you know what that means? That means families, wives, children, all their cattle, everything they have just built would be back home 
with nobody there to protect them. Let's go to Numbers chapter 32. This is kind of where they make the commitment. Numbers chapter 32. Keep your finger there in Joshua 1 and Numbers 32. We'll kind of jump a little bit. Numbers chapter 32. Look at verse 21. Numbers 32 and verse 21. Watch what Moses says to these two and a half tribes. He says, and will go all of you armed over Jordan before the Lord until he hath driven, driven out his enemies from before him. You see, they were supposed to go armed, all of them. All of them were supposed to go armed. So every single one that could fight was to go help. Every single one was to go fight the war, help them conquer. They were to go with the other children of Israel. There would be no one left back home to guard. There would be no one left back home to help if anybody else came in. A neighboring enemy could see them sitting there. They'd be sitting ducks, quite literally. There'd be nothing there to protect them. There's not walls big enough. There's nothing that could save them from what could happen. Perhaps this ran through their minds. Oh, man, we can't go fight. What about my family? Maybe the wives were saying, honey, please don't go. We don't want you to go. What if somebody comes and attacks us? Wives are really good at figuring out the worst things that could ever happen and playing those when they don't want you to do something. It's amazing. Maybe, maybe this, all these things are running through their mind, and so there's this vulnerability piece where they just don't know what they should do and sometimes we, when we're getting ready to help someone or we look at helping someone, we're scared of being vulnerable. Well, not that an enemy is going to come attack us, but sometimes we don't like to open ourselves up and tell someone that we used to struggle with something. Sometimes we don't want to open up and say, listen, I've been through the exact same thing you're going through. I struggled with trusting God in this. We don't want to say that. We're good Christian people. We, we've never doubted God ever. Listen, sometimes we're scared to be vulnerable. Sometimes we're scared to open up and say, listen, I've got to put myself out there so that I can help someone. I've got to leave some things behind and, and just leave my pride behind maybe and, and don't worry about what somebody else might think, but just help. We don't want to open up and tell someone that we've been there. We don't want to tell someone that we've walked the road they're walking. We want everyone to think we're perfect. We've got it all together, that we've made every decision the right way. We've never messed up. That's what we want people to think. But sometimes in order to help someone, we have to be vulnerable. By the way, if you take a look at the book of Joshua, the entire time that they were out helping, God protected their families. Never once did an enemy come in and attack Helping someone else often requires us to be vulnerable, but God can protect that. Sometimes we don't want to give, give ourselves and, and think that somebody's going to take advantage of us or something like that. Listen, we want to hold on to what we have. and Listen, that's a natural thing. But often God doesn't go along with our natural tendencies, does he? God wants you to help people, and there are people all around us that need help, but we have to be vulnerable. We have to give up some things, and we have to leave some things behind so that we can reach out and help. So maybe you fear vulnerability. Number two, maybe these guys felt not returning would be something that would be scary to them. Perhaps this was their thought. 
I am going to war. I might not come back. I'm going to fight hand-to-hand combat with men, fierce men. I may not return. What if I die in battle? What if I, what if I don't make it back? I think sometimes as Christians, we think that if we engage in the battle, maybe of trying to help someone know who Jesus Christ is, Maybe if we find somebody on the street and we think, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help this person. Perhaps you think maybe you're giving a little bit. You might get too close. They might pull you down. I don't, I don't know. Sometimes we just have this reserve. We don't want to reach out. We don't want to help. We don't want to be taken down. There is no doubt that when we're dealing with people in the world that don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, we have to be wise. If you look at the battles that Joshua and all the men fought, they, they were pretty wise in a lot of ways. Listen, there are battles that have to be fought. But if we don't allow ourselves to take a step of faith, and we don't allow ourselves to work with the people around us, then we will never help anyone. Do you realize that if you don't talk to an unsaved person, they won't get saved by you talking to them? It's not going to happen because you're not talking to them. If you don't spend time with an unsaved person, then you won't, they, God won't, wants to use you in such a way that you will allow your testimony to be seen to an unsaved world. And if we're not spending time with them, if we're not giving to them, and we're not helping them, then they're not going to conquer. They're not going to have what you have. Do you understand? You see, there's, there's times in our lives when we enjoy our salvation, don't we? We love what God has given us. We glory in the fact that we get to be with him for eternity. And we look outside, we look at our neighbors and we say, oh, I can't spend any time with them. They're unsaved. I got to keep them at an arm's distance. I, I can't help them. They need to help themselves. I can't, I can't help them. Somebody else needs to help them. So maybe we have this hold the fort mentality, if you will. We, gotta, we, can't, we can't go because maybe we'll, we won't return and we won't be able to claim our possession. We won't return from war. Listen, God has given us an absolute principle. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Be ye in the world but not of the world. We have that responsibility. That's, that's for us. There's so many things around us. But if we, in, if we don't engage in battle, other people will not experience the rest that you have because someone else fought with you. I want you to think about this. Who helped these two and a half tribes get their land? The other nine and a half tribes. They all fought together. They all got that. Did, was there anybody ever that helped you? Was there anybody ever that helped you? Do you know that somebody came and gave you the gospel? Somebody came and gave you Jesus Christ. Somebody came and shoveled your driveway out. Somebody came and did this for you and that for you and gave you a meal when you didn't know what you were going to do. Listen, people help people all the time and somebody has helped you. You would be oh so selfish during this Christmas season to look at somebody that has a need and say, no. The Bible Bible calls it this in the New Testament, shutting up your bowels of compassion. 
you feel this yearning desire to help someone and you go, nope. You shut it off. Because you don't want to make yourself vulnerable or you, don't, you worry about what might happen. Again, from my research here in the book of Joshua, there was only one time in the entire conquest of the Canaan land that anybody from the Jewish nation passed away. One time. It was the Battle of Ai. And the reason that 36 men, 36 out of an estimated 600,000 or more, 36 men died was because there was sin in the camp. So what I'm saying is there's an absolute possibility that every single one of the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, every single one of them made it home. You have to trust God that a cup of cold water given in his name will not come back hence. God wants to use you and help. And the children, two and a half tribes here, they said, we will help. We will go forward. We will fight the battles. No one else died. There are some hindrances to helping people, but I hope you'll easily get over them for the three benefits. The three benefits, and I'll move through these quickly and we'll be finished. Three benefits of helping Number one, I want you to see encouragement. Encouragement. I want you to put your thinking cap on. I know many of you are tired. I can see you starting to get a little lower in your seat. Put your thinking cap on. Did the two and a half tribes need to help the nine and a half tribes? Did they need to? I mean... Would they lose a battle if the two and a half tribes didn't come? No. Not with God, right? I mean, God is all powerful. God can do it with 300 men we see with Gideon. He can conquer all kinds of people. So God doesn't need the two and a half tribes. So why why do they need to go? What was the purpose of them helping? Let's go back. Numbers chapter 32. Numbers 32, look at verse 6. And Moses said unto the children of Gad and to the children of Reuben, Shall your brethren go to war and shall ye sit here again? They've already come to Moses and they said, listen, this is the good land. We want to keep this land. This is where we want to stay. We don't want to go over Jordan. We want to stay here. Shall your brethren go to war and shall ye sit here? And wherefore, watch this next word, discourage Ye, the heart of the children of Israel, from going over into the land which the Lord hath given them. Thus did your fathers when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. And it continues. But here's what happened. The children of Israel are all at Kadesh Barnea. And they're looking into the land. This is 40 years prior. They send in 12 spies. Ten were bad and two were good. The ten spies, you know what they did? They discouraged the hearts of the people. And the people turned and said, we will not go in. They did not trust God. They did not go in. So they discouraged the hearts. Ten people discouraged millions. Do you see where we're getting at here? The whole idea of these two and a half tribes was purely, I believe, just for a little bit of encouraging help. 
coming alongside of them and say, hey, listen, we've already got our land. We've already been through it. Listen, you can have the same land. You can have it. You go get it. We'll be right here fighting with you. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. You know what some people need around you? It's a little bit of encouragement. Just a little bit of, hey, you got it. Hey, just keep going. Hey, I know you're sick. I know you're struggling through this. Just keep going. Hey, I know you're financially not where you should be. I know you've made some bad decisions, but listen, I've been there. Let me tell you, you do things right and you'll get out of there. Hey, hey, you're going through a rough time with a relationship. Listen, I've been there. Listen, God can bring you through it. Just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. I want to help you. I want to encourage you. That's what I believe the two and a half tribes were. Can you imagine? The two and a half tribes just said, nope. Not happening. That would be like wind taken out of your sails. Oh, man. We're already a small group of people. We already have to conquer an entire land, and now we have that much less people. Could they have done it? Absolutely. And can God save people without your help? Absolutely. Can God help people without you? Absolutely. They can see God, but listen, God wants to give you the joy of helping. There's nothing more fun for me than to walk beside someone and say, hey, it's okay. You can do this. Just the other day, Caleb and I, Caleb has to read for homework. So he sat down and was struggling with some words. And my typical person, I get frustrated when somebody can't do something. And so he can't read these words, so my instant reaction was, just read it. That doesn't help. For any of you parents that are like that, right? That doesn't help. So I had to calm myself down and had to help him. We sat there and he struggled through words and I would help him sound it out and, and all of these different things. And listen, he finished the entire book. That's joy to me. I said, buddy, you can do it. You're doing a great job. Keep trying. Keep doing a good job. Keep trying. Keep going. Keep going. And he's like, I'm frustrated. And he started crying and all of these different things, just reading a book. It's okay. You can do it. So much fun encouraging someone. Listen, there are people probably sitting next to you. Maybe your spouse just encourage. Just, hey, it's okay. It's okay. There's problems in this world, yes. But listen, let me encourage you. God is in control. You can't necessarily take people out of the problem. But you can walk through the problem with them. When you walk with someone and just help them along the way, you encourage them. You're coaching them. There will be times that they want to quit. But you know that if they quit, they will not experience rest. They will not experience what you have seen. There will be low times when they just need someone to talk to. Go help them. You will be an encouragement. Second thing that you see already is they can experience rest. Look at verse 15 of Joshua chapter 1 again. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 15. The Bible says this. Until the Lord have given your brethren rest 
as he hath given you. See, God intended that the children of Israel, all of them, every tribe, would have rest. The two and a half tribes of Reuben and Gad and Manasseh already had rest. And so they're to go in to help. They're to go in to fight and go in and conquer so that the other tribes can experience rest. When you help someone conquer through Christ because you have already conquered, then you are giving them the hope of rest. There are people in this world that have no hope. They have no hope that they'll ever get out of debt. They have no hope that the relationships will ever be repaired. They have no hope that they'll ever make it to heaven. They have no hope whatsoever. I can't do it. I can't. I can't do it. I have no hope. I'm defeated already. So not only are you helping them conquer, but you know what else you're doing? You're helping them to rest in the Lord. You don't just come alongside of somebody and say, hey, I'll take care of that for you. You don't just come alongside of somebody in the two and a half tribe and say, hey, you see those walls of Jericho? We'll knock those down for you. That's, that's not what happened, is it? They said, listen, we will help you. We've already trusted the Lord. We've already seen God do some amazing things. Now let's trust the Lord together. Look at verse 15 again. Until the Lord have given your brethren rest. You know who gives rest? God does. God gives rest. You get the opportunity to help someone experience what Jesus said in Matthew. Come unto me, all ye who labor or who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. God wants to give every person around you rest. Sometimes we just need to lead that person there. You know, the greatest thing about helping somebody is not just walking through it with them and experiencing that joy, but also saying, here's God. And here's how God can help you. And here's what he can do. And let me introduce you to this man named Jesus. And out of that, number three, comes true enjoyment. Look at verse 15 again. The end of the passage says, Then ye shall return unto the land of your possession and enjoy it which Moses, the Lord's servant, gave you on this side, Jordan, toward the sun rising. You see, again, I believe that when the two and a half tribes helped out, when they left, they were vulnerable, they feared not returning home, they were an encouragement, they would provide rest, but they could actually, truly, and entirely enjoy what God had already given them because they went and helped out. Sometimes... Sometimes we are not able to enjoy what God has given us because we're not willing to help anybody out. You find the grumpiest person in the world, and I can pretty much guarantee you they probably don't help anybody. In fact, find the most joyous person in the world, and I can pretty much guarantee you they're helping people. You know why? Because the Bible says it is more blessed to give than to receive. Listen, this Christmas time, just like the children of two and a half tribes, listen, God has given us so much. So much. And I'm not trying to say, hey, everybody go home, sell your houses, give them all to people who have need. But I hope you understand this. Help someone. There's people in our church today that are sick. 
They cannot be here today. They're sick. Would you find out who they are and just give them a call and encourage them? There's people that haven't been here since October because they've been sick. Would you give them a call and just encourage them? Encourage them in the Lord? There are people next to you, maybe your neighbors that don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. What a time to reach out and help them. Listen, does that mean they get saved this week? Maybe, maybe not. Did that mean that one battle, the battle of Jericho, and the, the, the two and a half tribes get to go home? No, 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 no. There were many, 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 many battles that they had to fight with the other nine and a half tribes. Listen, helping someone out is not easy. Helping someone out is not convenient. Helping someone out is not all that you ever hoped it would be, but know this, you can never truly enjoy what God has given you unless you help those around you and help them have what God has given you. I'm going to finish with this. Jesus. Jesus had it great, didn't he? He was the son of God, sitting on the right hand of the throne of God, had angels at his disposal, could do whatever he wanted to do. He was all-powerful. Yet he left all of that. Came to this earth, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Do you know why? Hear me now. So that we can have the same thing that he enjoyed. The only reason Jesus left heaven to help us was so that we could enjoy what he already enjoys. John chapter 17. His prayer to God was that we would be one with the Father as Jesus and the Father were one. He wanted you to enjoy what he already enjoys. And someday, someday if you're saved here today, you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Someday... We're going to be in heaven. We're going to see God. We're going to experience what Jesus has experienced for all eternity. We're going to be with God. We're going to cast our crowns at his feet. We're going to bow down to him. We're going to worship him. We're going to experience the same thing that Jesus did because he came down and helped us. We didn't deserve help, did we? We didn't have to do much even to get the help. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And you know what? The Bible says that we are joint heirs with Christ. We have the same thing that he has. Listen, there's, the Bible says there is joy in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. I mean, the place erupts in a party when somebody gets saved. Why? Because when you help somebody receive what you already have, it brings true enjoyment. Let's pray.